yeah. And yo, black, it's time. Word, word, it's timing. And if it's good, you bring your customers and measurement plots But yo, you gotta slide on a vacation Inside information keeps large niggas erasing And they wives spacing It drops deep as it does in my breath I never sleep, cause sleep is the cousin of death Beyond the walls of intelligence Life is defined, I think of crime When I'm in a New York state of mind State of mind You're listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. This is the episode. This is the one. My boys are in it. Don't know exactly where they're going to end up, but your boys are in it too. Benny, what up, baby? This is the only episode. Listen, we love the NHL. We love hockey. But this is the episode we care about the most in terms of preseason talk. I know we have our full season preview coming up next episode with award picks, playoffs, cup final, all the good stuff. But we get to spend about the next hour talking about our divisions and really about the Bruins and Rangers and what we think is going to happen and what should happen. And to me, on a rainy day like this in New York, it doesn't get much better. Yeah, frankly, on a cold October Monday night in Boston, this is a wonderful day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm excited. I've been waiting. I've been annoying the shit out of you since, like, yesterday morning, being like, tomorrow night, 8? Tomorrow night, 7.30? 8.30? What's going on? Are you going tonight? Yeah, like, <laughs> just, like, just changing the number every time. Like, maybe that number didn't work, like, 8.05? Yeah, it's like, uh, what's the uh, crap I'm blanking on the word right now? Auction. The auctioneer. <laughs> you got one for 730 but yeah so we'll get into the atlantic division the metropolitan division metro division i still refuse to call it the metropolitan division can't wait until they change these names and realign once again when arizona moves out of the southwest um but yeah so that's where we're going to be focusing um and then we'll wrap it up couple little tidbits of news um, that I found interesting, especially with some PTOs that we discussed last week, um, and then gear up for the big season preview. I'm excited for the big boy next week. I I think a lot of people are going to be surprised as to where we end up. You you and I, with that Calder uh, race, are going to, I think we're going to get into it a little bit on that one. Well, I mean, I, I already told you he was going to win it, so we really don't even <laughs> need to talk about it again. Um, by the way, before the season starts and before predictions are made, I got to nip this shit in the bud with you, okay? All right. You texting me uh, or sending me a highlight on Instagram saying, oh, this kid's going to suck, huh? <laughs> I never said being, uh, being years is going to suck. I said it's a lot to put that two 18-year-olds are going to carry you from 60 points to a playoff spot. That's what I said. I think Shane Wright is going to be the lesser of the two players, but in time, both are going to be good. This year, I think it's a lot to ask both of them to carry you to a playoff spot. That's all I said. I never said they suck. I never said he sucks specifically. So I want to nip that shit in the bud before you keep putting that out there. (laughs) So that wasn't a nice goal? It was nice. Nothing about the goal. Nothing about the goal. Just I, I saw Lafreniere do that against Detroit last year. No, where'd that go? <laughs> um, hey, we'll 
I'll show you where I got him when we get into the Metropolitan Division. <laughs> oh. But you want to development? Start, you want to start uh, with my side or your side? We can start with my side. That's fine. All right. So we'll go to Atlantic Division. As a recap, last year, Florida uh, won it 122 points in a President's Trophy, followed by Toronto with 115, Tampa Bay with 110, your boys in Boston with 107, and then a bottom feeder is Buffalo with 75, Detroit 74, Ottawa 73, and Montreal with 55. From the Stanley Cup Final to a dead last finish, I still, despite everything that's gone on in in Buffalo in the last 16 months, even though it was barely, I can't believe they finished ahead of Detroit and Ottawa. Like, barely. Like, Just got there. I know I know by one and two points, but it's like all the negative, all the negative press, all, the Eichel trade, the, basically the division in a room, firing a coach, taking a new shift in the front office, all of this garbage. And they still... Crap, uh, crept ahead of Ottawa and Detroit, which at the end of the season, it's like, how does that, like, how far gone were you in Detroit and in Ottawa where that happens? But anyway, just thought that was another example of how it's not all about the press. It's still about the shit that goes on in a room with the coach and the boys. No, I, and I, I will get, you know, you tip your hat, cap where it's uh, needed and, I think Don Granado there does a great job, yeah. at least coaching those guys. I mean, I haven't been the biggest fan of Kevin Adams with some of the things that he's done, but from the year where Buffalo completely plummeted and then they brought Don Granado in at the end of that year, and then they kept him into this year, it, it just seems well. like the guys, the, yeah, the, the, the guys like to play for him. And, and I think he's a player's coach, and I think that. Uh, he's the reason for the transition there. I, I think he's, I, I don't want people to misconstrue this. I, I see him as kind of Rod Brindamore in the sense of he's a player's coach. Uh, the players are loving what he's giving them and they're feeding off of that and they're willing to perform for him every night. Yeah, there's a certain type of coach that's needed for th- that type of situation where it's a lot of off-ice shits going on. The morale in the room is going to be down. And a lot of young guys that you're trying to avoid being part of another future core that doesn't get over the hump. Um, like Tom Rennie in New York way back in the day laid the groundwork for Torts and AV. Um, even Quinn for Gallant helped set the tone. I think Granado's doing that. Remains to be seen if he's the guy that's going to be around if they eventually do turn a corner. But even if he's not, and they do with this core, he's going to be a big reason why they were able to do so. It's like Mark Jackson with the Golden State Warriors. He was around, set the tone, had Curry and all those guys. He was let go. They brought in Curry, won all the championships, and Curry and all those guys still said, we're only here because of what he did for us when we were young players in this league. And now they just have three-point contests with uh, Steve Kerr. (laughs) But yeah, so anyway, let's get into predictions. Like last week, we'll start from bottom to top. Um, I think this is a pretty easy call um, in terms of who we have finishing dead last in the Atlantic this year. I have the Boston Bruins. Nah. <laughs> I have Montreal finishing last. Um, do you, my only question is, does Price finish the year either healthy slash in Montreal? 
ugh, healthy, I don't know. I, I feel like that's always been as the the last however many amount of years has been the biggest question mark. Uh, I know last year with not the substance abuse, but the mental health, yeah. they had to call it a certain thing for him to get out. Um, I think that was a huge question mark. Is he going to be there? I mean, just under contract, even after this year, there's three more seasons at 10, five. I don't know who takes them. Like, yeah. like that's just the only thing, like just shooting around the league. I, I don't know who would take them and, or what it would cost. So I have no idea. I'll say he stays there. He'll still be there at the end of this year. So I'm going to take the easy way out and say he will be there at the at the end of the year in the city of Montreal, but he's not going to be a Montreal Canadian. I think he'll he'll hope to make one comeback this year, if at all possible. I don't think it's going to happen. But I think this is the year that he announces his retirement. I don't think Price, as competitive as he is, is looking to be one of those guys that just sticks around for the paycheck. And No, he, he's made plenty of dough. Yeah, yeah, he's made his money. He has all the personal accolades. I know he never was able to win the cup. Um, but I don't see him hanging around for the next three – this year and the next few seasons just because he has a contract. I think – Kind of like what Hank realized, even though it was a heart condition. Do I really want to be that guy, or do I just want to call it? And I think that's what's going to happen. I, I think that's that, that could very well be a fair assessment. I just wonder, so now with the new CBA, would his retirement hit the cap just because it's an older contract? Or once as he retires now under the new conditions, he's out? And they wouldn't have to worry about 10-5 on the cap anymore. So I'll need to look into it. I think because when he signed a deal, he obviously wasn't over 35. And he wasn't one of those designated deals that the NHL kind of highlighted. Yes, yeah, so he might still be on there. No, I think it's off if he retires. All right. The workaround is you just put him on L-term, long-term IR yeah, every season, and, but he's effectively retired like Pronger. Yeah. So if that's the workaround, that's the workaround. I think the NHL should have some type of exception in where a player who wants to file retirement paperwork for a health reason just gets um, examined by a league doctor. And if the league doctor says, yeah, it's legit why he's retiring, it doesn't count against the cap. But if a team's trying to circumvent, obviously that player is going to pass the physical and then the retirement would count. I think that's the kind of arrangement that's going to have to get set up next go around. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So moving on to seventh, this from one through seven is where the order is going to change around a little bit here and there. Who do you have finishing second to last place in the Atlantic this year? I have the Buffalo Sabres and my reasoning is the teams ahead of them in Detroit and Ottawa had gotten so much better. Uh, like, I, I feel like I, I know last season has happened and they were ahead of them. But I just think that now with everything going on, I, I think roster-wise and makeup, I think Ottawa and Detroit have surpassed both of them. So for me, I have them there. And I think a problem, too, is going to be the net mining. Like, yeah. I, I do like Craig Anderson, but a 41-year-old Craig Anderson, I mean, 
and then with Eric Comrie behind him, like I just think it's one of those. It's it's sticky, right? And they they do have Uka Pekalukinen. I've always loved that name since forever. <laughs> the Finnish kid. Uh, I think they thought he was going to develop a lot quicker than he has. So I, I don't know if at some point, if you know Anderson or Comrie runs out of gas, if they'll turn to him or not. But lineup wise, I, I don't think it's a bad lineup. The one thing I don't like is. Starting next season, they have Tage Thompson at seven one four two. Yeah, dude, um, I couldn't believe that when they announced it. That's that's a huge, huge extension. The guy was going to be placed on waivers last training camp. Had one year like he did last year, came out of nowhere, and he gave him seven mil. I guess from what they were saying, you're a big uh, statistics guy. That since last season came around and where he started shooting from. I guess his shot to goal ratio went crazy in the house area. And they said it was partially the way he played. He started shooting more instead of passing and it's kind of transformed his game. Now, just going from a lineup top to bottom, Jeff Skinner, like woof, they, they still got five years and 9 million for him. Uh, Kyle Poso there last year, 6 million, they have Alex Tuck. I like Alex Tuck. He's back home now in that up New York area. I want to see what he's going to give on a full season of being healthy. I know yeah. he was kind of hurt last year at the trade deadline. I mean, the, the kid's been a sniper his whole career. So, I mean, if he can continue that, I think that's a good progression for them to go into next season with, you know, a young, like, this team's young. Uh, outside of Skinner and Ocposo, this is a very young team. You got Victor Olofsson. You got Casey Middlestat. You have, excuse me, Zegmas Gergensen. You have Vinny Hestroza. And then you go down, I mean, you got Anders Bjork. We had traded him over there in, um, in the Taylor Hall deal. I mean, Anders is a little kid, you know, shifty, a little playmaker. But I I don't know how long his NHL career is going to be, just production-wise at a state like that point. Uh, they have Dylan Cousins. I like him. They have Peyton Krebs. I like him. They have Jack Quinn. I like him. Those are three guys on entry-level contracts still, so... Heading towards next season, ho- hopefully for development purposes for the team, they're doing a lot better. They got Rasmus Dahlin here still, and I like Rasmus. I thought he had a great year last year. And then the other D aren't that bad either. They, they got Labushkin, the Labushkin, yeah. Labushkin. They got Yoki Haru, who I thought had a very good year last year. Power's going to be there full time. Power's going to be a monster for them this year. I mean. The kid's coming out chewing bubblegum while playing. Like, makes it look that easy. I think he's going to have a huge rookie year. Um, Yeah, I I just think it's a big learning curve, and their vets are a little bit too old to be carrying the load here. That's the thing where I agree. I have Buffalo here. Um, They're still in, like, that weird purgatory of, they're trying to make the transition to have Cousins lead the way. Uh, Quinn, I'm sure he'll get a cup of coffee this year with the team, but next year is the year where you would expect him to be there full time. But like you said, the goaltending is really not that good. Their forward group is not that good. Like Tage Thompson is set to be one of the biggest regression candidates in the league this year. Um, and then you have his contract. Even if he produces 75% of what he did last year, 
for the next three years. That is a terrible contract. I can't like you think they would have learned from their cap management with the Skinner deal. Um, so they're going to be have Skinner and Thompson weighing them down. Middle stat is turning into a bust. I know he's still kind of young, but at some point, age is only a number. Um, so they're kind of in that weird purgatory where on a back end, all their young guys are like ready to make a leap, but up front they're not, and in goal they're not. So they're going to have to stick that landing where. This trade deadline and next summer, they're going to have to really start turning the page here to get the team going in the right direction. I just think, like you said, timing is off and still a little too many holes to make any type of legitimate leap into wildcard contention. Yeah, I I just think this division and the Metro are are just too good of a division to be where they are. But, But like you said, I mean, that's not to daunt their future going yeah. forward though either like i think depending on how this year goes next year could be a huge one but if not next year the year after these guys are going to have time under their belt everyone's going to be developed they should be having a different goaltender in there and going into this season in general they have about 20 million in cap space so going towards the off season next year depending on what they do or deadline acquisitions if they want to take guys on with contracts to already kind of start padding for next year i think that'd be a great decision for them now so the last thing about buffalo don't you love it when people try and manufacture uh complaints about the organization of talent where like how can they take owen power he's a left-hand shot they already have darlene who's a left-hand shot so that means you're gonna have two guys on the same side that can't bring on the ice at the same time and it's like that's the fucking point. 40 minutes yeah. a game is going to be covered by two North Trophy candidates. Uh, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> so, so, sorry for drafting, right? Like, we'll never do it again. Yeah, it was like St. Louis with McKinnis and Pronger, the Devils with Stevens and Nita Meyer, like, the wings with Lidstrom and Murphy, like, and Rafalski. It's just like, that's the whole point, guys. Like, you you would kill. Headman, Headman uh, exactly. McDonough. Like, <laughs> so, anyway. Um Moving on, number six, uh, I have Detroit. I, I, yeah, I just think I'm not as sold on their offseason as some others. Um, I, I still don't like the goaltending. I think they took a swing with Djokovic. Uh, oh, sorry. Djokovic. Djokovic. And it didn't necessarily work out. And instead of finding a longer-term solution, they're like, you know what? If we have two lottery tickets, one of them is bound to hit. <laughs> like, I think Billy Huso, his year last year that he had, I don't necessarily think that's a harbinger for things to come. I think that's just one of those years that goaltenders have. So I still think their goaltending is pretty shaky. Um, on the back end, I know they have your boy in Cider, but I, I don't see... Too much else in terms of like difference makers, guys who are going to drive to play. Uh, Sherratt is a third pair defenseman at this point. He was off-season addition. Ali Mata is a third pair guy. Kind of failed to live up to expectations that he had coming in with Pittsburgh. Um, Hronik, solid top four, top five type of player. Nothing more, nothing less. Like he's not a bad player. He's not a great player. Like you need guys like that. But up front, I love Bertuzzi, love Larkin, 
Love Raymond. Like, that's a dynamite top line. But outside of Rana on a second line, who, if healthy, should be a 25-goal scorer, Cop, he came into New York. I know he produced for us. I just don't see him as a 2C. Like, he doesn't have the size, and he doesn't make up for it with speed. And He has concussion issues. Perron is up there in age. I know it's a short-term deal, but I'm, once you start getting to the second, third, and fourth lines, I think, I think things are falling apart a little bit. I know uh, they have high hopes for Suter and Sunquist. I, I just don't see it. I think there's too much variance being introduced into this lineup where everything needs to click for them to make a wild card run. And even if only half click, they're going to be a lottery team again. Not saying they're going to finish top five worst teams, but I just don't like a lot of uncertainty in some of these areas. No, I, I agree with you completely on this. Uh, the back end, like you said, I mean, cider's it. Yeah. But, but when you go up front, I mean, another guy up front too, like Philip Zadina. This was a guy who was drafted very high as a sniper. And hasn't really gotten to that point yet. L- Lucas Raymond had a great year last year. Incredible freshman yeah. year. And it's just like, uh, like you said after that, like, I love Verana. I love Larkin. I like Bertuzzi. I know a lot of people a lot higher. I just kind of like them, just kind of here and there. But, yeah, after that, it's like Sunquist gets a, you know, a start there. He's always hurt, though. Like... And I know. I'm. I'm just saying. Like, is it going to be a, a new face in a new place? Is it, is it going to do anything for him? And another guy too, Adam Ernie. Like, I've always expected a little bit more out of him. Yeah. So it's just like Robbie Fabry's there. Who, if he can stay healthy, would be a solid top six, top nine type of guy. But he's not going to be a guy who carries a line. No, he he's always hurt yeah. too. The poor fucking kid since forever. What really I think slowed down the rebuild in Detroit is. The three misses in the first round. Sedina, Villano, Rasmussen. Like, three first-round picks. Two of them very high in the first round. All of them are misses. Villano's turning out to be a fourth-line center. Rasmussen, I know that big body. He'll probably carve out a nice career um, as a guy you put in front of net on a power play. Uh, And for his size, he has decent enough speed to be a good PK guy. Like, maybe he's a Brian Boyle. Uh, type of career, which no knock on that, but you don't expect that from a first round pick that you think could be a second line center. Mm-hmm. Sedina, I loved him. I wanted the Rangers to grab him so bad in the draft year, and they passed on him. Obviously, that's why they get paid money, and I don't have to do hockey decisions. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think those three first round picks, if two of them hit, Detroit would be on their way, I think, this year in terms of being contenders for a playoff spot. But now they're trying yeah. to fill in the holes with free agency. You're bringing a cop to basically do what you thought Valeno was going to bring you. Um, you're bringing in Perron to bring what you thought Zadina was going to bring you. And that's going to start jamming up at cap now. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's just, uh, I don't want to say unfortunate circumstances because they were definitely starting to sign people. People were going there in free agency. And I do think with Uncle Fester as the head coach there now <laughs> that um, I think they will be better coached yeah. than they were under Blashill. 
But I, I uh, still like this division is way too tough. Yep. Just for too many question marks, you know. Maybe if they were in a Pacific, they can make a run at it. But um, now we get to the really fun stuff. Mm-hmm. We're at fifth in the Atlantic Division, which leaves us options of Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Florida, and Ottawa. Who do you have finishing fifth? Uh, it kills me to say this, but the injury today to Talbot pushed me here. And five to seven weeks without Talbot to start the season is going to be a lot on Anton Forsberg. Yep. And I am going to have to go with my Ottawa Senators. I, uh, I'm i big on this team, man. I, I think they had a incredible, remarkable offseason, what, what, whichever word you would like to use or place there to call it. I think the additions of Giroux and Debrinkit are going to be ridiculous yeah. as to the young core that they already have this young nucleus and then to bring in guys of experience and guys that can actually play is like i just i think the sky is the limit for this team like we can go from the back end i mean jake sanderson oh that's dude. Called, dude dude i can't wait to watch him i, I i'm just saying like this kid has a legitimate chance to win the call there like Huge player, huge upside, plays incredible, number four overall pick. They still have Shabbat, they have Zaitsev, they have Hamannik, they have Zub, all guys that they've had. They have Nick Holden there as just an older guy, which I think is a perfect fit for him on that back end. And they have Brandstrom. Like, I just think they are very well fit back there. You go to the forwards, I mean, Kachuk, Stutzel, Norris, like I already said, Giroux and Debrinkit. You have Batherson back from injury there. You got Waddy being the meat. They brought in Tyler so, Mott, dude. Real cheap. Say, they got, yeah, they got Mott for one three five. Shane Pinto's there. Like, I really like this team, but I think the first month and a half without Cam Talbot there is a lot. And they still have Brassard there on a PTO, which yep. I think they're probably going to sign him to. Like. I love it. I, I legit, man, I love this team. And if Talbot is there, I probably put them in wild card too. Okay. But I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a tough hole for them to get out of right from the get-go. But Pierre Doria, man, I tap, I tip my cap. And, and DJ Smith, a, a guy, when he first went there, I was kind of like, why are they going this way for? But fuck, I bet. I bet Toronto would love to gas uh, <laughs> just Sheldon Keefe and put DJ Smith in. So Yeah, when DJ first went there, he basically made it uh, Toronto 2.0 with some of our roster moves. Yeah, but I mean, talk about a complete transition and and just, man, I, I really do like this team, like I said. And it, it's just that Talbot injury is going to hurt them for, for a while. And it's just, can they dig out of that hole? Yeah, I mean, that's the same question that we're going to get into with Boston in terms of the injuries they're dealing with. Can they keep afloat until these guys start coming back and get their legs under them? Mm-hmm. For fifth place, and this is the one that's going to stick out. I have the Toronto Maple Leafs. Fucking let's go. <laughs> Incredibly significant downgrade and goal. I don't care about trying to catch lightning in a bottle with Murray, and he has playoff success and that's all that counts in Toronto because they can carry anybody. Bless you. 
Bless you. One more time. It's annoying. Oh, you're annoying. Uh, <laughs> do I get any more? No, unfortunate. <laughs> I would have loved like another three, but that's that'll. You're do. just allergic to this hot take. Oh, uh, no, that one. Whew. But this the running theory here is just get to the playoffs and Murray because of the cup experience. That's where he'll shine and that's where he'll earn his money. The problem is, I don't think you can carry and cover that type of hole with the roster in front of him. I know the talent in Matthews, Tavares, and Marner. Tavares is going to miss some time. That's going to hurt them. I don't think Austin Matthews is going to score 60 fucking goals again this year. Dude, did you see that they put the over-under at 56 and a half? Yeah, I, dude. 56 and a half fucking goals. Dude, this is not any type of comment on a type of money I make because I definitely do not make as much as I I should be making or that some people might think I do. I saw that come out. I put it 500 bucks on the under. Like, you have to take the under on that. There's no way he's hitting 57. So, with the Matthews and his quote-unquote drop in goal scoring, you look at the rest of the forward group, it sucks. Like, I know they have Marner. They're trying Marner on defense part-time. They say it in certain situations. But the, fa- the Rangers would never go, you know what, let's try Panarin on a back end. The Bruins would never go, you know what, let's see if Pasta can handle the, the point. So, I... I don't know what they're attempting to do here. And then besides that, who is there to see? Camp? Really? While Tavares is out? I, I think it's just going to be so top-heavy. Yeah. That, like, the Tavares thing's already beaten them up. But if they go further into it, and God forbid another one of these guys goes down for not not even a lengthy amount of time, two weeks could dictate their whole season. Yeah. And again, I, Toronto's going to be a good team this year. But in your division, good's not going to cut it. I think one thing, and I mean, yet again, I'm going off of my prediction with Ottawa was due to the beginning of the season and having goalie trouble. Yeah. Ottawa at times dominated Toronto. Yep. Especially when they were, you know, having their Battle of Ontario and all that, like, I think the Senators against them this year, I mean, could go, uh, I don't know, 6 0 2? Yeah, I mean. Uh, like, I legitimately think that Ottawa is going to be a team that is going to be a thorn in their side, which is going to cause them misery for trying to get into that playoffs. Yeah, it's 2 3 4 5 is going to be decided by head to head matchups during mm-hmm. the season. The other thing with Toronto is. Like I said, Tavares' injury is hurting him. I like some of their offseason additions. I like Adam Gondet. I think he's a sneaky good four-flying forward. He's right now going to be their 3C. I like Victor Mecca. But he's going to be kind of outclassed, not outclassed, but like overmatched with the role they're probably going to push on top of him. The rest of their D. Riley is one of the most overrated defensemen in the fucking sport. Like, he's not a franchise guy. He's barely a number one guy. And they parade him out there like he's a North Shore candidate. TJ Brody was atrocious last year. Jake Muzzin, if you get 60 games out of him, you're blessed. Giordano, 
is a sixth, seventh defenseman now. I don't like anyone else back there. I know they have Sandine, who has a lot of quote unquote potential. We'll see there. Little Green's going to miss time already. He's hurt again. And then, like I said, in goal. I think in terms of when you're playing against Florida, you're playing against Tampa, playing against Boston, playing against Ottawa, I don't think they're going to be able to necessarily compete in the head-to-head basis for an 82-game regular season. And I think that's why it drops them down into the fifth spot. I know they finished with 115 points last year. I think they dropped to the 90-ish range because of injuries, goaltending, lack of significant depth, the virus injury, and just the talent in your division drops into that 90, 92-point range. And if that's the point total they're going to put forward, I think that's an easy bar to clear for the other four teams. All right. Well, well, who do you have ahead of them? I have your Bruins. Okay. I had the Bruins. Actually, yeah. So I'd have the Bruins in the same spot. Okay. Yeah. So I have Boston there only because of the injuries. I've ha- I would have them higher um, if everybody was healthy from the get-go. I think you guys are going to barely be in the playoff bracket until the new year. Because yeah. even when the guys come back, like we've talked about, it's going to take some time for them to get going. The thing that's going to help you guys is Montgomery's a good coach. You have good goaltending. You have guys who've been there, done that. They're not going to get rattled. If you guys start off poorly this year, there's not going to be panic. Um, I actually like, like we were texting yesterday or the day before, some of the young guys and even guys who are not so young anymore coming in this preseason and the way they played, I'm seeing them live in person on Wednesday when they're at the Garden. I saw them on TV when we played up by you guys. AJ Greer's look at I just think you guys still have one more year as a legitimate playoff contender. And I don't think you guys are going to completely fall apart in late October and November. Yeah, no, I, I think we will be treading water. Yeah. Like, the water will be coming on. I, I think we'll be able to kind of come out, I don't want to say scotch-free, but, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll be in an okay spot waiting for the reinforcements to come back. Now, on the other end, when I was texting the other day, that this will be, I'll just do my Bruins weekend review now <laughs> instead of waiting until the end. Every year I hear on this team, when you go into camp, that, that there are spots to be won, you know, win a, win a spot. And personally, I've seen a lot of these guys here in preseason. I believe that A.J. Greer has earned a spot on this team. I believe that Mark McLaughlin has also earned a spot on this team. And now looking at the lineup, I mean, I think Trent Frederick could be in trouble here, keeping a spot. I I do. I think that with the presence that A.J. Greer brings, I, I think they could easily swap him out. Is he waiver exempt, or would he have to clear waivers to go to Providence? Both would. Oof. So e- either way... Frederick would that, be gone if we, they try and sneak him on waivers. Oh, I, I, I think someone would grab him in a heartbeat. So I, I think this is also a wake-up call for him to, to play better. Now, Oscar Steen has also had an okay camp. Uh, I don't know if he's officially won a spot. He, he might be that... 13th, 14th forward, okay? Thomas Nosek, been awful. L- like, I know he does PK for us, but... So can Frederick, though. From, like... uh, no, uh, but from 
the scoring touch that McLaughlin has put on, he's he scored in every preseason game he's played in. John Beecher has also played great. I think the only thing with Beecher is he can clear waivers. Like, he can go right down to Providence. Yeah. So I think that might be a way of, for them not to have to get their hands dirty in other essence to do that and still figure out lineup-wise. Yep. Um, Chris Wagner, I mean, that's another guy. I, I think with Wags, it'll be the same thing as to what happened last year. They'll put him in Providence if he clears waivers and then bring him up in the playoffs if we make it there. I just, like... Watching tonight, I see Craig Smith out there. Great compete level. Uh, like, Smitty's ready to play. And I know he's been rumored to be traded because we need to be cap compliant. But now I look towards our back end. And it's like, all right, we still have an LTIR to anybody. But Hampus, Carlo, Forbert, Zaboro looks incredible on his return. And now we have Clifton, Connor Carrick, Jack Ashan. We have other guys. I think Mike Riley's your odd guy out here. I think that's the guy that they're going to end up trading. Just for a guy who can now go into this lineup with, without Matt Grizzlick and without Charlie McAvoy, has not taken the bull by the horns here, especially in the preseason. Not Wildby has not done anything. And then another person who needs to decide if they're an AHL player or an NHL player, Jack Stadnika. Mm. I mean... The, they're playing tonight. He had an okay first. I haven't seen the rest. We've been down here, but it's like that's another kid that needs to grab bull by the horns. I think Anton Strollman is good enough to make this team, and that's what's going to make Mike Riley expendable. And Strollman will sign with us for the year, and he'll still be with us even when Grizz and McAvoy come back. Yeah. So it's just like I, I just like I said, when you go to the beginning and you say every year there's spots to be won in camp, I think there's a couple of guys who have made it very hard on you to push them back to Providence. And if I'm Mark McLaughlin and I get sent back to Providence by Don Sweeney, at some point, I don't think it's a respectful conversation anymore. Yeah. Like, like I, I think I'd motherfuck him right there. And I'd be like, you fucking piece of shit. You got like, to like, you gotta walk the walk. Yeah. You know? Like, you, you say there's jobs here to be won and lost. I feel like I want a job and I'm going back to Providence. Like, I've scored in every preseason game we've played in. <laughs> I, I like I've broken my balls here, and and now you're gonna send me down here for the likes of Thomas Nosek, who can't even put a puck in the net, or uh, Chris Wagner. Like, come on, man. Like, or in no disrespect, and I know Nick Foligno has been a captain in this league and everything else, but the fuck is he done? Yeah. So it's just like that would be, you know, a behind closed door conversation, obviously, and. You know what? After that, you want to ship me out of town? Go for it. But I think I have a right to voice my opinion or, you know, be upset if I thought I had a great cha- training camp and now you're sending me back down to Providence. Like, I, I feel like that's a player's right. And, hey, maybe you have to have your agent call and smooth it over after. But you know what? I like a guy that wants to compete. I like a guy that I think in the workplace, sometimes you got to tell your boss to fuck <laughs> off and tell him he's wrong. As long as you have a reason for it, right? Yeah. Like, like, how did you give so and so a raise, and I'm over here working for you day and night? Like, it's gonna start like building resentment and rot in the room and the organization where it's like, yeah. fuck this. Yeah, and and my thing is, what are we gonna hold on to certain guys here for when a lot of this lineup is UFA? What because you don't want to feel like it's transitioning time towards the kids yet? Well, guess what? Next year will be. What's the difference? Yeah. So that's where I stand with that. 
All right, so at least we're in agreement there. So third place, I have Ottawa. I love it. Making a big jump. I think I, – I like Forsberg, dude. I think – I saw the Talbot news that does hurt them. I just like Forsberg. I think he can hold the fourth down in the short term until Talbot's back. Uh, I, I like Forsberg. It's just beginning of the year, do you think it, will, it, it could definitely hurt their team towards the end of the year for too much of a workload? For Forsberg? For Forsberg. I think they they were going to do a 50-50, uh, 55-45 split anyway. I know, but now you're basically going to go 100% for the first two months in essence. I think I think he'll be all right. I mean, any longer, he might start getting exposed. I'm not still not quite sure what type of goaltender he is in the National Hockey League, but I think if you play him two months... He should be all right, I think, with the team in front of him. It'll help him more. It's just there's a, there's a difference between Ottawa trying to hide, quote-unquote hide, a guy like Forsberg with the roster they have and Toronto trying to hide Matt Murray or Samson off the roster they have. Ottawa just has a better roster in front of their goaltending. Um, like, I mean, you look up front, like, Forget goaltending. Forget the back end. Back end, I think, is their weak link. If you if they do have one, um, I'm not sold on Sidesef being anything more than a four or five. Branstrom's kind of a one trick pony. Uh, Sanderson, it's going to be the Sanderson and Shabbat show. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to carry him in the back end. But up front, last year, people had Shane Pinto in a Calder Trophy. Uh, uh, Calder race. I know he got hurt, didn't do anything. He's their 3C now. You have, like we said, Tyler Moss there on the fourth line. Austin Watson's there for some sandpaper. They made the trade of Pittsburgh for Matthew Joseph. I mean, uh, with Tampa Bay for Matthew Joseph. I think that's a very underrated move. Batherson, who I like. Uh, Timmy is there. Kachuk, the brinkage. Where's the weakness up front? They can play any style of game you want. Like, if you want to do a 2-1, one, one nothing game and grind it out, they can do that. If you want to go 6-5, they can do that too. So I think this is a team that's really poised for a huge leap um, this year, just with the offseason moves. And also, I was – I undervalued the type of coach that DJ Smith would be. So I think that just helps there. And I think there is such a thing as momentum. Like, Ottawa had a – Decent improvement last year. There was the feeling with some of the young guys that they're out, they could make a move. It's all about what's going to happen this summer, and then look at the summer they had. So I think in the room, it's just like, let's fucking go. And I think that's going to help them out. I think it's the complete opposite of what's going on in Toronto, where it's like, is this the year that we get broken up? Is this, gosh, what happens if we lose in the first round again? Like, it's just a different mentality. So I think Ottawa makes that big jump. If completely healthy, I would I would switch Ottawa, uh, switch Ottawa and Boston. My standings, but Boston's not starting the year completely healthy. Yeah, I had Toronto in my three, and I'm basing it more off last year. I I like the addition of Yarncroke. I understand they're gonna be out with Tavares for a while. I mean, this team can rely on Matthews and Marner. In the beginning, like, you know, I feel like if it was towards the end of the season and, you know, then Tavares gets hurt, it might be a little bit different. 
but but starting out, I mean, Matthews every year usually starts out on fire. So I, I think the beginning of the year when they're putting in five, six goals a game, it's hard for other teams to compete. Now, I do agree with you. The goalie situation, I don't like it. I do think that Sam Sonoff comes in here and he definitely has something to prove. Uh, he was supposed to be a lot better of a goalie in Washington, a lot higher of hopes. Did not pan out. I am with you. I am not a Matt Murray guy. Yeah. Ne- never have been, never will be. I just think like it. I just think it's one of those things for me where it's like I have to see them legitimately lose or come off the high horse to be like, all right, no, I, I get it, you know. So it's just, I I have them there, but I'm with you. I would not be surprised to see them clunker down a little bit. Yeah. So that leaves first and second. I think we're in agreement here. I have Tampa Bay second, Florida first. I have it reversed. Oh wow! Okay. Um, is it the goaltending in Florida? A little bit of the goaltending, but but for me, the other thing is too. I think the addition of Kachuk for them is huge, but I think the loss of Huberdeau is bigger. Okay. I think that Huberdeau did all the other things for them there, and and, and see, like Kachuk can come in and give you all the intangibles as to what it takes to go in there, score a goal, get to the dirty areas, fight, get under other people's skin and all that. But I feel like Huberto just came in every every night, performed, didn't need to cause a scene, was, had that good of a year last year. But it's also losing Uyghur that I think hurts them. Okay. Because when you go to that back end, I love Brandon Montour. I do. I love Aaron Ekblad. After that, it is the decline. I mean, <laughs> like, I'm not a Forsling guy. I'm not a big fan of Gustav Forsling. I've hated Ratko Gad- Gudis forever. Yeah. Then it's Lucas Carlson and Mark Stahl. That's a massive drop-off. And now when you go to the back end... But they have Delzato. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, you go to the goaltending situation, and Bobrovsky last year was surprisingly very good in the regular season. This was not the Bobo that we have seen of old. I'm curious to see as to when they finally give the reins tonight, because starting next season, he already signed that extension for four or five for three years. So I think there's a bit of a goaltending crisis. And I think the problem is, I think Spencer Knight has now made that jump. Yeah. And I think there is going to be a problem there. People are going to be bumping heads. Now, going to the rest of the lineup up front, Barkov's still there. He's going to do his thing. Reinhardt's going to do his thing. Patrick Hornquist is still there. I mean, for what Patrick Hornquist gets paid now, probably a little bit of an overpay, but I mean, a guy that is a big body, and even at 35, he still puts it on the line there every night. Like, he's still hitting guys. He's still getting lit up. He's scoring goals. They're expecting I love big Patrick things Hornquist. out of uh, Lindell this year. They're expecting things out of Lindell. I don't know. They're expecting things out of Lomberg, too, just for what he gave them on that bottom four roll. I mean, I'm sorry, bottom four, bottom six roll. They bring in Colin White from Ottawa, who did not have the best couple of years there, got bought out, ends up in Florida on just a $1.2 million deal. 
I think that's a guy who gets into this lineup and could possibly do things for them. Just now the monkey's off his back in the sense of pressure, right? He goes down there with a completely different slate. I just, I think the loss of Huberto and Uyghur is going to be bigger than the addition of Kachuk. That, that's just my personal opinion, and that's what's going to make them be number two instead of number one. Yeah, so the two things with me with Florida were, like you said, the defense. But I was much higher on Florida until Daryl Sutter's comments about Kachuk. I, I thought those that is a man who, you know, Daryl Sutter, in essence, they say, like, does not, you know, speed, blah, blah, blah. Those were very direct. Which tells me, like, you have Kachuk, homegrown. I know Sutter wasn't a coach when he was brought in, uh, when he was drafted. But homegrown, multiple-time 30-goal score. Explodes for 100 points last year. Helps you win the division. You guys are okay moving him in the offseason for an older player. And then Sutter, of all people, takes that jab at him. Is he just, like, not good in a room? You know what I mean? Like, does his act wear thin? It's almost like the Sean Avery situation, right? Where he's good for two years, and then you need to get the fuck out of there. Like, See, so that to me is like you going to Florida. What happens if he just doesn't gel with the guys there? I, and another thing, at least for me too, with him, the year of the COVID year, the year of the bubble, I think that team was good enough to win a cup. And then he got hurt and he was out. And for a guy who was as hurt as they said he was, throwing shit in there the way when they were losing to Dallas and everything else and all that, and it's going, it, why aren't you out there? Like, you're throwing a hissy fit, you're throwing bottles of water, throwing this, throwing that. Yeah, all for attention. Well, I didn't like well, that. Well, like, well, well, what's hurt on you? If you can huck a water bottle, you should be able to play a Stanley Cup playoff game. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Strom, who, reputation-wise, no one considers... Oh, he's such a tough player. He pl- like you know what I mean. He basically played half a season last year and reaggravated injury against Tampa, where he had no muscle strength from his abdomen to his knees, and he played nineteen minutes a night and scored. <laughs> so like, unless your legs are broken or y- your eyesight's gone, like Kachuk needs to suit up. And I, I, I didn't like the water bottle thing. Like, he knows the cameras are going to be on him. That was for show. I thought that was very amateur. But anyway, the only reason why I have Florida finishing ahead of Tampa, I think Tampa is the better team overall. But I think they're full-on dynasty mode, like the Patriots were and the Yankees were, where let's just stay healthy. Let's work in some young guys, get them some minutes, some experience, and then we'll turn it on in April and then go for the, the cup run again. So I think Florida will edge him out by like a handful of points just because of that. No, and I think that that's a fair assessment too. I mean, Tampa last year did not have a good start. No. And it seemed as if they finally, uh, you know, they turned it on at the right time. Just They knew where they had to be in the standings, and they knew just closer to the end of the year they'd have to be better and get hot at the right time. So no, I, I think that's a fair yeah. assessment. 
All right, so just to recap, Atlantic Division prediction for me, I have Florida, Tampa Bay, Ottawa, Boston, Toronto, Detroit, Buffalo, Montreal. I have Tampa, Florida, Toronto, Boston, Ottawa, Detroit, Buffalo, Montreal. All right, so we'll move on to the Metro. Don't worry, everybody. This won't be another hour talking about this division. <laughs> um, last year, one through eight, yeah, Carolina division winners, 116 points. The Rangers, 110. Pittsburgh, 103. Washington, 100. The Islanders, 84. Columbus, 81. New Jersey, 63. And Philly, 61. Who do you got, number eight? Number eight, I still have the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. Um, I love Torts. I sent you that thing the other day, him at training camp, and I think it's about as real as real can be for him. And he's telling these guys, like, I'm going to be fucking hard on you, but I also want you guys to be honest with me. Some of these shit, like, some of the shit's not going to be, you know, comfortable conversation, but I want you guys to be fucking honest. And I think part of that honesty is being honest with yourself. And I think that's where Torts is going to be honest with you, right? And I think for certain guys here, this is huge developmentally. Like, I think a guy like Scott Lawton, where he can go into the lineup every day, play his hard-nosed style, go in there, and Torts can give him a slap on the ass and say, great game. Or if he goes in there and he could say, I think he played fucking soft last night. Like, I think that's a great learning tool for him. Joel Farabee, same thing. Travis Konechny, same thing. Like, I think there's certain guys here who have huge benefits of this. Now, on the other end, I think there's also guys who won't benefit from this as much. Like, JVR, for a guy who's a UFA going into a contract year, he went back to Philly because, you know, close to home, yada, 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 not being the player that he was. Kevin Hayes, I think when you have a Boston connection with the Boston coach, it's going to be brutally fucking honest. And I don't know how Kev is going to react to that. Uh, Cam Atkinson had torts in Columbus. I think he'll be all right. I, I think Cam's game is kind of the same day in, day out. Like, nothing really changes with him. But your bottom guys, woof. <laughs> like, I love Nick Delorier, but a four-year deal yeah. for what he does, that's a little excessive to me. <clears throat> you could have him come in on a one or a two year. You can give him a little bit more money and he's on his way out the door. <clears throat> Owen Tippett, the trade piece they got back for Giroux in Florida. He hasn't done shit yet. Yeah. Call it the way it is. Bobby Brink, Noah Cates. Uh, I mean, young guys who they're going to be put to the test every day with torts. Uh, Zach McEwen. I mean, that's a guy who's going to be there. Drop the gloves for you. Great. Like, I, I think that's it. But now, when you go to this backside, Ivan Provorov had a great couple of years. At one point, you know, considered in the Norris talks, completely has fallen off the face yep. of the earth. Rasmus Ristolainen. I like Rasmus Ristolainen. I, I think he's a good defenseman. I think this is a guy who's going to torts his system and is going to thrive. I think he's going to play very well under Tortorella. D'Angelo, I thought he played good last year in Carolina. Now he's going back to torts, and 
how is him and Torts' relationship? I don't know. Like, that's a huge question mark. I don't know how that's going to end up, how that's going to be. Travis Sanheim, not going to do very well with him. Bronny is going to do just fine in the role that he's that they acquired him in. But then the young guys. You, you got Cam York there, who's a very high draft pick. How's he going to be with Torts in a Torts system? Nick Saylor, I think, on the back end is going to be okay for them in the role that he plays. But it's like... How are guys going to react to Tortorella on the back end and in the system that he plays? Carter Hart, pff, I, I don't know. Great rookie year and now MIA. Yeah, he's uh, Jim Carrey. Just, I, I honestly don't know what to expect from this team. And I think Tortorella is going there with the right intentions. Like, you know, he's over there and he's saying, like, I can't wait to give you guys a hug after a win. I can't wait to hear the music in the locker room. I can't wait to hear all this stuff. He's like on a personal level to be able to do it with you. And I think that's awesome. And I think he can go there and change the culture and bring a better team out of there. But he's starting from ground zero and he is working his way all the way through it. All right. Yeah. I had Philly finishing there as well. I honestly was going to say a lot of the same things. I'm surprised. They should have torn it down. They didn't because ownership won't let them. Um, so they're trying to plug and play here. I think their their fault is looking at the names and not the stats on some of these mm-hmm. guys. Like you look at the roster and you're like, hey, if Kevin Hayes hits and plays like he should, and you know what, if this if this guy hits and Van Riesel comes back and Atkinson's a 25 goal score. They're losing. They're not looking. They're looking at the front of the playing card and not the back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're making a mistake there. I'm actually surprised Torts went just because I think it's a lose lose for him. He's going to go there. It's not going to go well, and he's going to get the blame for it. There's no upside unless he's as I say, guaranteed his last stop coaching. Yeah, unless he thinks like I can turn this around and nobody's going to pick us to make the playoffs. I'm going to win a fucking Jack Adams. <laughs> um. I just don't know what his expectation with this group is. So I also have them finishing last. I have them finishing with the second worst record in the game this year. Wow. Okay. I have Arizona one, Philly two, Montreal three as my three worst teams in the league. Okay. Uh, Who do you got next? I have the New York Islanders. I do too. Okay. So, I mean, a lot of people are expecting to bounce back because they have a normal schedule this year. Um, I'm just not sure what the vision is. I know they are basically keeping the same system. They went to the conference final against Tampa a couple of years ago with this system. They have anywhere from good to great goaltending. I just, it's hard to explain. It's like, at some point, a group of guys just runs their course in terms of like giving it a go with that same group. And I just look at the roster, I'm like, Andrews Lee, yeah, he'll give you 25 goals. Bailey's there. He's a nice role player in your top six. Walsham's nothing. Zizekas is a 4C. Martin's a part-time player. Parisi should be retired. Bolivier is on an actual good team, is on your third or fourth line. He's going to be in their top six. And then you have Barzell, who, for all the talent in the world, couldn't crack 20 goals last year. 
So let's say even if he bounces back, let's say he has the season everybody thinks, I just look at this roster, I'm like, eh. Like, it's not bad. It's not good. It's like having a kind of stale bagel from your deli that sometimes is good and sometimes is stale, and you just got the stale one today. <laughs> like, I, 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 I feel it. the same. Like, just, eh. Uh, like, you, you know how you said with Philly where they have this lineup and they're hoping for people to hit? Yeah. Th- that's the way this one's whole lineup like. is that. And it's like, don't get me wrong, like a couple of years ago when they all hit, like it's a very well-oiled machine. But when they're not, it's bad. Yeah. Like I I know last year was the start of the building and a delay and, you know, they had to do the first whatever was 12 games on the road. And then they had COVID. Like it was a whole, it just seemed like a bad, just bad, bad year. All right, we'll chalk this one up. But now going back into it, it's like, What's going to push them over the hump here? And that's what I don't see. Like, allegedly, Sorokin is going to come back and be this three-headed monster in net. Oh, I thought that was last year. <laughs> yeah. And it's like it's just like the the Pulik-Pelik thing. Well, you shouldn't have traded Taves because he ended up being the better of the two of them. Three of them. You know, so it's just like, eh, Barzell's going to be gone after this year. Yep. Like, I just think it's just... Nah, on to the next one. I think he gets moves at the deadline. Remember when everybody, well, not everybody, Islander fans were trying to say Sorokin was better than Igor? That was fun. Um, oh, I didn't know they spoke Russian. <laughs> um, the other thing, really quickly, with the Islanders is, I think Barzell's gone at the deadline. Uh, the only way they make the playoffs is if Barzell's having an Austin Matthews type year. And even then, I trade him. Because he's not going to sign long term. If if he's not signing an extension, I agree. Trade him at the deadline. Like if he's putting up fifty goals, I want four first round picks and two roster players. Let's do this shit. Um, but yeah, I just don't think that that franchise cannot have another Jonathan Tavares. Exactly. They can't. They cannot risk it. All right. So moving on, we're going to go to sixth place in the Metropolitan Division. Who do you have? I have because I can't trust them, the New Jersey Devils. Okay. I, I like this team. I, I do, well, at least on paper. I think Jack Hughes is going to have a monster year for them as long as he can stay healthy. I think he share is finally developing into the player that he was drafted to be. He's not your 1C. He's your 2C. Very defensively sound, but he can still put pucks in the net, do what you need him to do. They bring in Palat, which I love. I think it adds for them defensively. They have my boy Dawson Mercer there. Yeah, we both loved um, him when we saw him against the Bruins. Yeah, I mean, playing tonight, I, I thought he was looking good, too. Uh, their back end, I'm not huge on. I mean, Dougie got the big money. Uh, Marino, nah. Uh, if that was when he was in Pittsburgh, I still felt him. <laughs> yeah. Like, Severson, I like. I think he's one of those, you know, meat and potatoes kind of guys. Graves, okay. Siegenthaler, okay. So... I was dying earlier today because uh, during the broadcast, Jack Edwards goes, well, Kevin Ball for the New Jersey Devils in these four preseason games, he has played in every one of them, and he has the best defensive analytic stats of something. I, I forget what it was. preseason? <laughs> well, Brick goes, 
oh, don't let them see that. They'll sign him to Dougie Hamilton money. <laughs> and I was dying. I was just like, wasn't expected, but it made it funny. But um, <laughs> they bring in Vanacek. They have Blackwood there. I just, I've been so high on this team for a couple of years. And every year it seems like, you know, they're snake bitten or they just give it to So I'm just not going to give them the satisfaction. I'm just going to put them there. And if they score higher, even better. But that's just where I feel about them. Yeah. Um, so this is where it's hard for me. I think the diff- what's going to separate the team that I have finishing, uh, fifth, right? We're at fifth, right? We are at, at six. six at six. Yeah. The difference that's going to, f- the difference between who's I have at six and who I have at five is an MVP caliber season. That's it. It's not overall team construction it's not coaching in a way it's because they're gonna get dragged by this guy past who i have finishing six that's why all right so who i have finishing six is the washington capitals interesting okay so i just think they made the upgrade and goal with kemper i think it's a year too late i think they tried to get cute in goal after Holpe and it bit him in the ass for a couple of years. They wasted the last few years of this window that they had um, trying to save some money. So you have the Backstrom injury. Um, he's going to be out the first, what is it, two to three months of the season? If that, at least. Yeah, at least yeah. that. Um, so you have that issue. So now you're counting on Lars Eller to be your Tuesday. TJ Oshie, I think, is toast. Like, all the credit in the world to the career he's had, I think he's toast. You have Tom Wilson missing time. Carl Hagelin missing time. Now you're banking on Anthony Massa in your top six or Marcus Johansson who, yeah, he wasn't surrounded by a lot of talent in Seattle last year, but the dude, Jamie McGinn put up 50 points and Johansson couldn't get going. So I don't know what to expect from him. There's not much there. Like, they brought in Dylan Strom. Okay, maybe he's the 2C in the short term. I just don't see it up front. On the back end, I just think it's Carlson who is just going to put up points every year because of the power play he's going to get, uh, power play time he's going to get. But behind him, it's nothing. And then you have Kemper and Goal, who... Again, he's not a franchise guy. He's not a goaltender. It's going to be like, this is a slightly mediocre team that got carried by the goaltending. That's not going to happen here. So I think it's a year or two too late in terms of that goaltending change. And I just think this is a team that's been through long playoff runs, long playoff series every round since about 2013. And I think... It's just the end of the window. So I have them finishing here. All right. So which means in fifth, I have the New Jersey Devils. I, okay. I have every. I know everyone's sucking their dick, but just like you, it, the fact that they think their goaltending solution is picking up a guy that Washington was fucking running away from. <laughs> like, just that's another thing. Oh, he's young. Okay, cool. Like, Vanacek is not that good. 
Mackenzie Blackwood had one of the worst goaltending years of recent memory last year. I know his rookie year was promising. He came in, he posted almost a 920 save percentage. Ever since then, progressively worse. Every year, his goal against average has gone up. His save percentage has gone down. So that looked like a one-year fluke uh, with him. The back end, it's good. It's fine. Like, I know they have a lot of money tied up in Hamilton. Uh, Severson's fine. I don't like anyone else. Ryan Graves, former Ranger prospect, had a nice, uh, turned his career around a little bit in Colorado. He's not He's not the anchor for a defensive pair, which I think they're banking on. Um, so that's so, so that. Up front, Jack Hughes is going to carry them to that fifth spot. Like, I think Jack Hughes this year... I know they went hard after Huberdeau. I think saving that money and eventually putting that into goaltending next summer is going to what's really going to make them a contender next season. But Hughes this year, I have him finishing in the Hart Trophy conversation. I think he's going to go 40 40. Uh, oh, dude, I, I agree with you completely on that, too. If he, if he didn't get hurt last year, he would have been there. Yeah, so he, minimum 40 40. Um, and that's the difference between a team who has better goaltending and a more tested roster versus the Devils. It's just going to be Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer is going to be perfectly content being the unrecognized, unnoticed 2C who's going to put up 30 goals, 30 assists every year for the next 10 years. He's going to be perfectly content being perfectly content. Yeah, so... (laughs) I think they're still a year away from actually turning this around. Um, but yeah, so I have New Jersey in fifth. Who do you have in fourth? I have, well, in oh, fifth. Yeah, have, who do you have in fifth? I have Columbus. Okay. Um, a team that I expect more out of. I just, I, I like where they're heavy, right? Like, like I like Goudreau coming in being able to score all those points. I like Liney being able to do that. Voracek's still there, serves a purpose. Nyquist is there. Uh, I think Kent Johnson is going to have a huge rookie year. They're trying him at center. Yeah, I I think if he's able to get in that 3C role or a 2C role, I think that changes his output completely. Did you see what they had him in the last preseason game? No. They had him centering uh, Johnny Hockey and Patrick Laine. So with the, I'm just saying with that, I mean, I I think depending on where lines fit, they might be able to push up a little bit. Like that's just whatever their output is. Yeah. And if you could put the three of them together, that is a very good first line in all of hockey. Not not just in Columbus, in all of hockey, that's a very good first line. Uh, you go down to the back end. They have Lorensky. They bring in Good Branson to be the meat. I like Boquist. I like Bean. I think they're just okay back there. Yeah. yeah. Just okay. Uh, I like Mazurkalins and Corpusalo. I like the one-two that they have there in that. I, I think it's just a very tough division for them to crack the upper half with. That, that's all. Yeah, so... Well, yeah, so who do you have finishing fourth, then? I had Washington. Okay. I know they have the injuries and everything, but... I'm still a big fan of you can't teach an old dog new tricks and Ovi 
still gets there. Kuznetsov still gets there. Oshie still gets there. Like, hard for me to bet against them. I, I do agree with you on the back end. The back end there is a little, uh, after Johnny Carlson, you fall off a little. I mean, you got Orlov and Jensen, but Trevor's Dan- Trevor Rand's dreams, like, I mean, he was great in college. Uh, <laughs> only thing they got good, our boy Matty Irwin. Yeah. Uh, I think bringing in Kemford does help them. It's a big upgrade from what they had last year in net, which is huge. They did say that Tom Wilson is expected to make a comeback a lot sooner than expected. I guess he's recovering very well. And, and I still think that Peter Laviolette's a really good coach. Apparently the LPS coach in the league. <laughs> okay. Like, just real quick on that. One of the funniest things about that whole thing, they're talking to Bruce Boudreaux and they bring it up to a vote. And they said, where, where did I finish? Oh, gee, who do you have a blind guy vote? He goes, what, what, what do you think? He's like, well, I'm happy. I'm not the ugliest, but I know who is. And I don't know how you feel who the ugliest coach in the league is, but listen, Derek Lalonde is a great coach. <laughs> But Uncle Fester is not a looker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I was just, like, dying when I see that it ended up being... I was like, all right, I, got, I just want to know who voted on this. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I know Wilson... I, I already talked about Washington. I just think, you know, every everyone has their time come to an end. The real thing that Washington's going to be focused on is Obi's Chase of Gretzky. So, but that might be the only thing that keeps them going if he's still putting up 60 fucking goals a year. Yeah, so he's at 780 to begin the year. He's 112 away from tying Gretz. So obviously he's going to need at least two years to get there. He put up 50 last year. Does he put a 50 again? I think so. I yeah. think he puts up 50 only because they're just going to constantly feed him. Oh, they'll feed him. Yeah, he'll definitely still get yeah. a shot. There's no question about that. So, All right, so fourth place for me. I have Columbus. Okay. I hear what you're saying about the back end. I think Varensky is pretty underrated around the league. I know Seth Jones got all of the press while he was there. I think Varensky was always the better defenseman. What I like that what Columbus, so two things here. They're always just well coached and they always they don't beat themselves. They're always hanging around. Like Oh, yeah. The last couple of years, the roster, everybody looks at the roster and goes, oh, my God, they're not going to be good. And they're always just hanging around come playoff race time. They may not make it, but they're, they're hanging around. And it's the coaching and the system they have. And Columbus is what I think the Islanders think they are. And it's just not shaking that out that way for them. Goaltending, really good. Um, I like, like I said, Renskin in the back end. I like being, like you said, I think, uh, Bo Chris is going to have a really good jump. I know he had a rough start to his career last year. I think guys that can need to just get their feet wet, go through the fire a little bit and come out the other side. What's going to change it for me is up front where if you're going to keep Goudreau and Lonnie together, you can afford to put a younger guy in between them because that younger guy can get carried offensively and kind of uh, hidden, which allows you to put your quote-unquote better center on your second line to help carry that line. So that's how you can kind of play mix and match up front. Whether it's Ken Johnson 
on as one C or Cole Sillinger as one C. I think that's the way to go. And then you can side, slide Jenner to two C and have uh, Roslovic as your three C. Um, from there, yeah, I think just I just think they're solid. Like last year, without Lonnie being on the line, not being a focal point. Now they have Goudreau being a focal point. Some injuries, things like that. They didn't have Johnson. They didn't have Sillinger for the, you know, a full look. They had Bocas, who had a rough start to his career. They still finished with 81 points. So even if you give them eh, a modest jump, they're in the low to mid-90s this year. And I think that's a wild card contention spot. Thir- third place for me, Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. I know, I know, I know. But everybody, Carolina is falling into the same thing as uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are in baseball. If the Tampa Bay Rays make a move, everybody goes, oh my God, what a fantastic move because they have the reputation of making fantastic moves. If the Chicago White Sox made the exact same move with the exact same roster. They, everybody would be like, huh, what are they doing? I can't believe they would make such a deal. I think that's the territory that Carolina's in now where everyone thinks everything they do is just fucking, oh my God, chef's kiss. They make the move for Pacioretty, great, he's going to be out for like six fucking months. Like, that's, there is a reason why he got it for nothing. I know they have talent up front. I think... I don't think Trocek, like I've talked about, is like the second coming of anything. I don't think Kakinami is going to be a Stanley Cup contending second line senator this coming year. So that's the hole right there. Seth Jarvis, they might try him at 2C. Who knows? I, they tried to trade uh, Nature Soul all offseason. They couldn't do that. Jesper Faust, if he's on your second line, you're in trouble. Sechnikov is there, oddly enough, after the first round against you guys, kind of disappeared against us. Wasn't physical at all, anything like that. Jury has a lot of hype coming in. You know, young forwards are here to miss. We'll see what happens there. I like the Sassini signing. Like, they're going to be a good group. They're going to be a good team. I just think they're a little overvalued. If they were a stock I'd be shorting them. Um, I think they had everything go right last year, and they still had to wait until the last week of the regular season to pull away and win the division. And the last thing I'll say about Carolina is last year was the best-case scenario with their goaltending. And I know you and I kept shitting on them for trying and trying with Bernier. And then... um, my God, why the fuck am I blanking on his name? He came over from Detroit, the goalie. Oh, fuck. I know who you're You know who I'm talking about, though. Yeah. Like, and they kept trying to run it with these guys, and it didn't work. And then they brought in Ranta, and they brought in Anderson, which were upgrades, and it worked out for them last year. I don't know if they're going to get the same goaltending. Both guys aren't, you know... On the right side of 30, even if they get average goaltending, they're going to be a good team. I just don't think they're as good as everybody makes them out to be. Um, and I also think 
the last two teams in the division are just better built and better for this coming year. That's fair. I have, I'm sure who you have at two and three flip flops. So I had the Penguins at three, and I had Carolina at two. Um, the Penguins for me just, I think they're just a little bit older, and I think for them, I, I put them almost in like the Tampa situation where. They know when to turn it on at the right time, when to be in the playoff race, what their output's going to be. Some of their additions I, I did really love. I love the addition of Ryan Poling. I, I think that's very big for them. You have the normal suspects. Evgeny Malkin comes back. Jake Gensel, another huge year coming his way. You still have all the experience. Zucker, Rust, Raquel, Kaspinen, uh, like it, Jeff Carter. Th- the list goes on and on with these guys. I just think that they're a little bit older, and I think that's just one of the more difficult things for them. Is just going to be, yeah, no, we'll hang around, and then we'll pop in at the right time. I will say, um, them getting Ty Smith in that trade from Marino is huge. I think getting Marino a very sucks. young defenseman. Like... <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, I'm not a big Marino guy, but they get Ty Smith coming back, young, young defenseman. I mean, and they were able to get the Marino deal off the books. Yep. And I, I think that's big. I mean, the Petrie, Latang, Dumoulin, Peterson, Jan Ruda, Ty Smith, Trad Ruedel, Mark Friedman. Like, They're not going to hurt think, you. No, like, that, that's a very solid thing. Like, no one sticks out in the sense of, oh, my God, they're, they're going to be able to do it all. Like, Chris Latang is not the Latang of old. Jeff Petrie is not worth the daily signed, but he's still a very good defenseman. Brian Dumoulin, probably the best bang for your buck there at 4-1. You have Marcus Peterson, like I said, Jan Ruda, Ty Smith comes in there with a young kid with a very stable core of defensemen around him, and he'll be able to go in there and they'll live him all the freedom he needs to go in there and move pucks. And I just think that it's going to be a great learning year for him, along with the great team next to him. They'll make it to the dance. And you have Carolina, too. I have Carolina, too. I agree with you where I don't think they were where they – were last year. But on the other end of this too, Rob Brindamore has something going there. L- like the guys show up every night and they play for him. Aho Shveshnikov. I-, I know Jordan Stahl's not who he used to be, but he's still a guy that he's a big body and he's hard on pucks. You have Teravainen. Koken Yemi last year, I don't know how he was when he played you guys, but when he played us, he was a little prick to play against. Yeah, I mean, he was a pain in the ass, so was Chocek, but like, he didn't scare me at all. Anytime he was on the ice besides being like, ugh, what a fucking gnat. Yeah, it was just a little dude. Like nothing else. Like he never scared me offensively or anything else like that. And now they're expecting him to carry the second, not carry, but like be a strong play driver on the second line of a Stanley Cup champion. I, I tell you what, the name that you said earlier who I think could have a very big year for them is Seth Jarvis. Had a great rookie campaign with them last year. As long as he avoids uh, Truba. <laughs> I think uh, going forward, he'll have a good year. Like you said, the Stastny deal, I love. And their back end is still really good compared to other people. I mean, Slavin took a step back, but still a very good defenseman. They bring in Brett Burns, who still wheel and Dale plays that style of hockey. And he can All hide right. him better than he was in San Jose because he is a little – he's up I there agree. in age – Defensively, he's not that good anymore, and now he's just going to be like their fourth defenseman getting power play minutes. 
Yes, but being able to hide them is a huge advantage for them. To still be able to have them in a hide them in your lineup is two separate things than what San Jose was able yeah. to do. They have Brady Shea there still, who, I mean, not been the best since you guys trading him away, but still a very serviceable defenseman. Brett Pesci still going to be their power play specialist. You go down there, and they ended up signing DeHaan, which I think is a very good deal for them, too, to have all that depth. Like, I think it's okay. Freddie Anderson is back and healthy. Ranta answered the bell last year when called upon. I think they're just going to keep the motor rolling here. All right. So second place in my Metropolitan Division, I have the New York Rangers. I have them finishing second because... They made some decent moves in the offseason. They basically swapped Trojek for Strom. And then are hoping that Zach Jones, who's going to get the first crack, unless there's some type of waiver claim between now and the start of the regular season, he's going to get first crack as a left-hand shot on the third pair. That he's an improvement over Patrick Nemeth, which if he isn't, he should just retire from hockey. Um... And then just hoping the three young guys up front, Kako, Lafreniere, Heedle, well, four, Heedle and Krausoff either take a step forward or in a case of Krausoff shows that he belongs in the top nine, top six or top nine. My issue is I have a little bit of a harder time, maybe it's recent, recency bias, saying that's going to happen for all four guys. Well, five, if you consider Zach Jones. They're going to have some bumps in the road. There's going to be some injuries. There's going to be some turbulence. I think, like, we're about the end of training camp. The Rangers have two more preseason games left, and they're still, they still don't know who's the uh, first-line right-winger. They started off with Sammy Blay there. He's not up to speed yet just because of the time he's missed from game action. Like, he'll he'll get back there, but... I think he was miscast as the first line winger to begin with. Gerard Gallant, just you can tell, does not want to break up the kid line. And to be honest, all throughout training camp, all the videos from the beat guys on Twitter, all the reports, they are utterly dominating every line they, they play against. I think the Rangers just found something that, like, shockingly, three first round picks play well. <laughs> but I think they just found something where all three guys' style of play just complement each other so Gallant doesn't want to break them up so then who's your first line right winger because right now Krausoff is with Shortstrike and Panarin and him Krausoff and Panarin are developing a pretty good bond right now it's Barkley Goodrow is that okay I guess but then you're basically letting the other team play five on four against you when it, you have the puck because they don't need to focus on Goudreau. Uh, they can f- two, double man Mika, and then you know where Kreider's going to go. They try and get his point, uh, his goals. So that's the only thing where you're banking on five young kids to make a step forward. You're still figuring out the first line right wing, and I'm sure they will figure it out, whether it's someone in the organization now or they'll make a move. And also... You can't expect Igor to post a 9.35 save percentage again. Uh, I still obviously think he's a franchise goaltender. 
with him and Vasilevsky, the two best goaltenders in the National Hockey League. But if he goes back down to 9-2-5, I think that's a difference of three or four wins. And those points are going to be the difference uh, in the race against a team who just been there, done that. Great coach. Know, they know what they're doing. And if everybody stays relatively healthy, I think have one more run in them. And I, All right, that's fair. So I have, I, mean, I have Pittsburgh number one in the Metro this year. See, I, I like your guys' lineup. And I know you may look at it in a different sense of overanalyzing as opposed to I do just the up and down. Like, I like the lineup. I, I think that it works. Um, this is a team that last year, our expectations were not there. We did not expect certain things to happen. Yep. Granted, like you said, if Igor takes a step back, where do you end up? Well, I mean, starting with your D, I mean, Adam Fox, Jacob Truba. That's a good start in front of you. By the way, uh, like Keandre Miller is going to have a huge step forward this year. So if you're looking for a young defenseman to start putting up some points, I think Miller is going to be one of those two-way guys who put up like a 10-goal, 50-point 40 to 50 point season and plays strong defensively this year. I mean, he's 23. Um, so I think him and Truba together um, will help take the load off of Fox, but sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, that's fine. Um, but, but then like you go up front and uh, I've always, I've always given you shit about Chris Kreider, especially <laughs> on the goal scoring. I mean, I don't know. He'll, he'll probably score 30 this year. So he'll, he'll, not score 50. Yeah. But, I mean, that's expectation. I think we're going to have another great year from Artemi Panarin. Yep. I think Mika is the wild card here. I think Mika being able to stay healthy, no concussions, and playing is the motor that drives you guys. Yep. Now, going forward, I know you're not the biggest Vinny Trocek fan. I think Vinny Trocek is going to go there and thrive. I think he is going to love playing at the Garden every night, and he's going to go out there. It has the essence that you usually say of putting his dick on the table. <laughs> he, he's going to do it. Um, I mean, I like Vinny. Like, he's going to help. Like, shockingly, the Rangers bring in a guy who knows how to win a faceoff, um, and he brings a different type of style to the top six. Like, he's more of a pest, pain-in-the-ass type of guy. Like, I think he's a nice player. I just don't like the term. That was my issue. All right, I mean, I know you're always going to put words in my mouth anyways, no matter what I say, so I'll just keep going. But uh, Lafreniere is going to have a huge year. Yeah. I think that's one kid. He's going to completely break out. I think Capo is, like, like Kako's the one where it's the question mark. Like, what are you going to see? What are you going to get? And I think that's a huge thing. Um, Sammy Blay, is he going to be the same player he was before that injury? Because, I mean, before that, I mean... He was flying. Yep. Like the, the kid can fly. And I, I just like the lineup. I like where you guys ended up last year. And I think the same possibility is still there. So, so that's why I'm going to keep you guys there. Even if even if Igor drops off a little bit, I still think, like you said, goaltending-wise, he, he's second best in the business. Yeah. And I know that Pittsburgh D in front of their goalies who aren't as good is better and maybe that's the reassuring or maybe that's the flip-flop part of it as to why you have them at one instead of you guys but i just 
I just think that it's hard to say there's going to be that much of a regression from where you guys were last year. I, I think output-wise for some people, there may not be as much, but as for how big of a drop-off, I don't think it'll be that. Yeah, I mean, so two things about the Rangers for me is, one, I'm so used to the other shoot dropping that I'm nervous about being that excited. <laughs> you, you, you just got to nitpick something. Yeah, that's all the second thing is, there is going to be a drop off from Igor because the season out last year was the best in 70 years. So like there is going to be a slight, it's almost like the Chris Kreider thing. He's still going to score 30 goals, but he's not going to score 50 like he did last year. Yeah. Igor is still going to be the best or the second best goaltender in the league this year. He's just not going to push a nine three five save percentage. The thing is, the drop-off from Kreider and offensive production is going to get made up from alone by Lafreniere in my mind. So that's going to help out. The, th- the thing that I'm, I was afraid to say, because I don't want to jinx anything, is if the kids click for the Rangers, whether it's on the same line, they break them up. But let's say all the kids up front, Kravtsov, Heedle, Lafreniere, and Kako, who, by the way, Kako is having fun with Gallant because... They tried to say, oh, does Gallant not like him and everything else? First day of training camp, Gallant told the media, Kako has one of the best wrist shots, right-hand, right-hand wrist shots I've ever seen as a head coach in the National Hockey League. He needs to use it more. Ever since then, when they're doing skating drills, Kako will do the skating drill doing the, right, the wrist shot motion. Like that's all, Like every, every drill, every practice, every... Uh, scrimmage. He's just even without the puck, he's skating up the right side and he's just acting like he's taking a wrist shot. <laughs> but if he hits, if Zach Jones can hold down the third pair at Schneider, I think the Rangers have President's Trophy potential. Like that's how good I think they can be. I'm just a little nervous about all my eggs and five kids who are under 25 years old. Yeah, that's the risk that you take, yeah. right? That's the lottery ticket. So we'll see. I mean, if they hit, they're going to hit big. Even if they hit 80%, they're, I have them finishing second in division. Like, in my mind, if I had to put it to a points perspective, I ha- I would have Pittsburgh at one, one, let's say 114 to win a division. I have the Rangers at 111 and Carolina like 109. Like so, all three are going to be top tier teams. I, but yeah, we'll see. All right, you got any shout outs, pal? Uh, I guess the only shout out is not really shout out. It's a question for you. What the hell is going okay. on with Taylor Hall now? Uh, I don't know. They said he's out a uh, couple of weeks, upper body injury. You guys can't. So. You guys can't afford any more of these fucking long term injuries. <laughs> no, you, you don't say. So uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely a. Uh, a rough start to the year. And the, the other thing too, with Taylor Hall from yet again, from what I've seen, I, I, what do I know about hockey? <laughs> but um, from what I've seen in the sense of toughness, I, I do think Taylor Hall has played with things in his career. Yes. But as for if things aren't going his way, could I see him? Oh, it's the same injury again. This thing's nagging and everything else. A hundred percent. Know who he reminds 100%. me of, by the way? And you'll know this because he was a Boston guy. Yeah. Ellsbury. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Like, any yeah. any little injury just always lingered. If it- yeah, and that's just my thing. It's like, 
Pasta seemed to finally wake up. They were playing very well towards the end of that year last year, and it's like, don't tell me it's just going to start over or something's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, my only shout out this week is more of a so long is James Neal got released from his PTO. Uh, Damn it. So it looks like the end of the road possibly for uh, James in the National Hockey League. The real deal. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Anyway, who do you got for shout outs? You know, just you. Just, <laughs> just for hanging out with me on a Monday night, man. Dude, like I said, I've been waiting for days to get this episode in, especially since it was a two for one. Getting us set up for the season preview. I'm. It's just. It's a different mentality. That doing preview episodes means seasons right around the corner, which means you and I are going to be like, "Did you see that fucking hit? Did you see that game last night? Game of the week, lock of the week." And it's just like, "Fuck yeah, let's do this shit." <laughs> right back at it. Yep. So we'll get into the rest of the stuff next episode, um, whether it's later this week or first thing next week. We'll make our big Stanley Cup prediction, which we were so right on last year because we both had the Islanders going to the Stanley Cup final, and I had Winnipeg playing against them. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we were staying hot. We're hoping to keep the same this year. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, big boy. Well, hey, we'll catch you next week with the full season prediction of Stanley Cup preview. We have President's Trophy. We have Norris, Calder, Hart. Rocket Richard. We'll, Jack, we'll have it Jack all. Jack Adams. <coughs> Uncle Jack. He'll be back. Yeah. So, everybody, thank you always for listening. We'll see you then. Peace.